0: community church if we can start making our way back to our seats so we can step into the presence of the Lord. My apologies on we're starting a little bit late but things happen, technical difficulties but we are here and we are here to receive and we are here to gain what our God has for us this morning, right? Right, 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 right. So we can all stand up and give our Lord some excitement this morning but before we start, before we start this morning we have a special birthday and It's been a guy who has been around a few a few times and a guy who has always just been accountable, a guy who's been working hard to be a better of himself, a guy who has been stepping through doors, breaking through doors, and still making things work in his life through all the circumstances. So if we can all reach our hand out and just give a round of applause. Happy birthday to Jonathan Vasquez. Johnny Vasquez this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that he has done for me and for this church, for this team. So we can all do our church happy birthday as we usually do, right? Ready? One, two,
1: three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you. Now I'm excited because our Father, our Father is doing great things in our life, right? Our Father is doing great things in this church. And I'm excited to get ready to worship because I want to receive. I want to gain what he has for us this morning. So we can all bow our heads in prayer and we can all open our arms wide and get ready to receive what our God has for us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you're going to do in this church this morning, Lord. And I thank you just for allowing us to be here this morning, Father. Your word says when two or more are gathered, you are here. And Father, There's way more than two people in here, Lord. So I know you are here. So Father, I ask that you allow us to die to ourselves right now. Die to ourself right now so that we can gain what you have. Lord, let us come completely empty to your throne. Let us come completely open to your throne. Let us come ready to bend the knee to your throne, Father, so that we can gain what you have this morning, Lord. Lord, we are nothing without you. We are powerless, powerless without you, Lord, but your victory is our word. You will throw up that white flag when we win our battles, when we step through those doors, and when we break through the bondage that we have been struggling with. Some of us may have been struggling with things that we may not... You know what we're going through, but others don't. Some of us are going through some things that we're afraid to speak. We're afraid to open up to others. But, Father, you understand us, Lord. So, Father, I ask that you just empty us so that we can receive you and only you. Your love is what gets us through our our troubles. Your love is what heals us. Your love is what saves us. Your love is what sets us on fire so that we can ignite and burn for your word, Lord. So, Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in this church. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. amen. There's joy. There's joy in this church, right? Can we worship them?
1: We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who ever. We worship the
2: God who was. we, we worship, worship the God who is. we worship, worship. the God who never told be. He opened the prison doors, he hardened the agency. my God, he holds the veil.
1: shout out your praise. There's joy in our of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Shut yeah. yeah.
2: play It's not enough to do what you say, it's only so much, cause you are after me, cause you are after my shepherd
3: our hands together. Lord, we praise you and we honor you. We thank you that your presence is here among us. Lord, we thank you for the plans that you have for us. We thank you for the places that you pulled us out of. We thank you that we're not there anymore. But we know that your plan is greater than that. Your plan is greater than to just pull us out of a mess. Your plan is to Put us on your plan. You have good works for us prepared uh, before we were even born, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you that our greatest days are ahead of us. In Jesus' name, we praise you. We love you. Amen. 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 You guys may be seated. Praise God. Great job for our praise and worship team, as always. I want to give you the opportunity to invest in the kingdom work. We have a simple tagline here at this church, lives changed here. New Hope Church, lives changed here. What else could be a better investment Than to see somebody and see their life totally turned around by the power of God. And I'm just so, you know, when I look at everything God has done here, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by the work that God has done here. When I look at the lives that he changed, that he put together with with the things that are going on in our men's recovery home, the plans that he has for us, just how far we've come you know, as a church and uh, ushers, you can make your way forward and I was just reading in the book of of Haggai and um you know in that book, it can kind of seem a little sharp the way that uh that the prophet is addressing the people because you know he kind of gives them a rebuke because he's saying like okay you're you're in this land, and your houses are beautiful your everything's built up but the temple lies in ruins. See the people's priority were on building their own house. And then God says, well, if you stop and you build my house, then guess what, I'll bless you. And I really think that that's a word in this season that if we as a collective body of Christ who are called here to this place and believe in what this church is doing, if we will say, you know what, for this season, we're going to give and we're going to give sacrificially and we're going to link our finances up to what God is doing in this generation, there's going to be a blessing that's going to be poured out on the church. And I, don't, and I don't mean to, you know, the last thing I want to do is sound like one of those guys that's on like Christian TV when they do the fundraisers and they just, you know, promise you the world. But I feel really strongly that this is a word of the Lord that if you hook your giving up to what God is doing in this season, because we are standing on the edge of a breakthrough. There's structure that needs to be built on the administrative front. And then on top of that, we have a bunch of big projects that we're working on now. Number one, we want to get the rest of that parking lot expanded all the way over to where um, Hope's Haven is, the maternity home. We also have a kitchen, commercial kitchen that we need to finish, that we're going to have a full-fledged commercial kitchen. We'll have a cafe. We'll be able to serve food. We'll be able to do endless possibilities out of there. We need to put some new shower facilities in our men's recovery home, which is expanding. Um, I think there's, is there 12 or 13 men living in our, our house right now? And and these guys are, you know, I prayed for a long time because, you know, having the recovery home, I think we're in probably our 13th year. And trust me, it's, it can get frustrating as you're, as you're trying to pour into people and you see these guys come in and not take things seriously. And, you know, then you have to kick them out. And it, and it can be hard because you're like, Lord, what the heck am I doing? And I was praying that, you know, if we can just get a core group of men that are on fire for the things of God and serious about, you know, getting on God's plan for their life, then everybody who come in will just kind of be part of that snowball. And guess what? We have that today. We have that today. And we're seeing way more wins than we are losses. And so I just would just ask you to pray um, about what God would have you give and just be faithful to that when you hear the word of the Lord and you invest in the word of the Lord. You know, the disciples, I think them out all night fishing and Jesus saying, cast your net on the right side. And they're like, we've been fishing all night. It's, you know, but we have a word from the Lord. And so we're going to follow that word from the Lord. And guess what? When they listened to the word of the Lord, then they pulled up that catch of fish so big, it almost broke their nets. They had to call some, Hey, bring your boat over here too. And I believe that that's the path of blessing that God wants to set us on. So I'm just going to pray. Uh, Dear Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for all you've done. As I look backwards at how far we've come as a church, but Lord, I know that there's greater things in store. Lord, so I just, I I thank you, Lord, that that, that all the provision for the vision is already there. And Lord, you let us be a part of it. So Lord, I just pray that uh, according to your word, that you would just bless the hands that give so that they would have an abundance for every good work, and you would supply all of their needs through your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And as the ushers make their way forward to take your offering, I want to just introduce my friend, uh, Matt Caputo, and he is part of a group called The Gathering that will be doing a, a special service this Friday night, and so you probably have seen it already on your bulletins. Um, being listed. So I'm going to turn it over to Matt. He's going to give a little introduction and then he's going to do a song for us. Amen.
4: Anyways, you know, just to try to make it short before I share this song, but, uh, you know, just fast forward, just was blocking what God had for me, I was working, at had uh, a sector's job, uh, and, and God was blessing that little by little, and uh, everything was it was good, and then, like, things just started getting rough at work, really rough, um, the people I worked for, I loved, like, they were really good the nature of the job, was really hard, um, I worked in commercial like insurance, insurance oil for like oil truckers. And uh that type of job is you no know, joke. Like, it's literally like you're on call fifteen hours a day. It didn't matter. Like you feel like if you get an email at ten o'clock at night you feel like you had to answer it because if someone else answers it, answer you know, they'll get the sales. And you won't and you, know, you don't look good, you're boss and why does to do a good job. Anyways the Lord like allows these things. He allows the stresses for life and like that he allows things to press you. And uh I was engaged at the time and me and my wife uh back in 2020 right before the pandemic it was nuts um like literally like a week or two before we went to uh, a pat barrett like worship night i I like his songs they've always ministered to me so my wife uh my fiance at the time bought tickets uh as my christmas gift that year so we went in february and uh i remember going there and the lord that night it was nuts i like i felt the lord speak to me before i've been spoken to over you know prophesied over and all that. I grew up you know, with the gifts of the Spirit and all that. But man, that night was a whole nother level. Like God really ministered to me. And it, to speaking to me, it was like it was just me and him in a room. Like, and who am I? Like, that the Lord would even speak to me like that. And I heard it so clear that I was supposed to leave my job. And it was nuts. And there was a lot of other things the Lord spoke that were confirmations of what I was doing um, all along. Like playing and, and then working, doing all that. So anyways you know, the, the main thing that was such a confirmation after the fact is I talked to my fiance, my wife now, Jenny, and I, I told her what I felt the Lord showed me. And it was so clear. I mean, it was vivid and she agreed a hundred percent and it was nuts. Like the fact that she was like, I think you need to quit your job. And, and I did, and there was no other source of income. Like I had nothing <laughs> and that I lived on my own. Like I was just like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And I, I obeyed, you know, I've learned in my life that it, better to obey like because if not it's just going to come around some other way God's going to test your obedience another way until you get past that and uh, so I obeyed and and man I'm telling you it was nuts because like my wife's uh family you know they weren't on board with that they were not and I understand they want me to take care of their daughter that makes sense that's right but you know what God says is most right so I have to go with that and uh God just continued to bless everything like the songs were coming like like it was just nuts and and being able to play music got just easier and easier and easier because the guys i play with they've been playing for like 30 years like i got nothing on them like but god was was in all of this and uh ever since then you know i haven't i I've like lost no money i don't even know how i, I don't know how and uh i do this full-time um, and then the people in our band, in our ministry, they work their jobs and they come and, and they write songs and they, and they do the best that they can with the time that they have. And I'm very thankful for all of them. But I do see how God needed somebody to like plow the road ahead, like, you know, work and do this. So, you know, I do all the producing of our music at home. I do all the, we, we song write with together. I put all the arrangements together, all that stuff, the promotions online and just videos and just talking about the Lord. And uh, when we go and do events, we're doing one next Friday, um, just the general thing that we normally do is we just come, we'll sing like 10, 12 songs, we just get into the presence of the Lord, and you know, I've been speaking a message in between, um, just what God puts on my heart. I used to lead a young adult ministry at First Assembly of God for a few years, and I remember I preached um, like basically every service, it was like separate services we had on Tuesday nights, and It's such a joy to to be able to pour into people, speak over them what God put on my heart and just being obedient. So I just, that that kind of model God like trained me up to use for this. So uh, that's what we do. And the main thing that we care about is just doing it in spirit and truth. Like, um, you know, it's not like, oh, look at me, I'm wearing this. Or like, there's just a lot of things in our culture today that promote self. And that is the one thing we want to avoid. And uh, especially when we write music, we want to get into the word, open the Bible when we write music, not just write our feelings, because if our feelings don't line up with the word, then that's not right. So anyways, I just wanted to share a song tonight. I hope you guys come out. So next Friday, it'll start at around seven o'clock. And uh, just invite a friend out. If you know someone that doesn't know Jesus specifically, invite them out because that's the church. You know, we're we're supposed to bring the the world in and, and influence them for Christ. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of brokenness out there today, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of people that are just feeling down the economy just everything that's going on in our world breeds itself of the, the, like you just see the enemy in it, but it's the best opportunity. Now is the best time to be a Christian. It's the greatest time because now we have such a, the harvest is, is ripe. So uh, I just want to encourage you guys, bring someone out and, uh, um, you know, the altars are going to be open. Um, Pastor Rick, I'm very thankful that he's given us the opportunity to come. Um, and uh, we are going to, we do, we do, we do sell uh, CDs. If people still listen to CDs, I know I don't. I stream and we have all our music on streaming uh, stuff on our website. It'll give you links, We are wearethegathering.org. And uh, anyways, uh, we'll be selling some if you want them. They're $12 a, a piece and they're, and they're cash only we do. Um, but again, that's not a focus I'm not focused on selling things I just, it's a, it's a piece of, of our ministry That if it, uh, you listen to CDs It can minister to you And you want it, you can, uh, it'll be there So anyways, I'm going to share a song Called uh, uh, Consolations And uh, this was written Just out of a heart of Everything we're dealing with today I think, you know, depression, anxiety That is rampant In America, and everybody looks for all these other solutions, and and I'm not even going to get into all that right now, but everybody looks to all these other solutions thinking that it's going to solve the problem, and it's just a band-aid, and it'll never solve it. Jesus is the one that solves our problems. Jesus is the one that delivers us, and uh, sometimes that requires continual diligent seeking of His face. And I I found often that sometimes, you know, myself included, in our flesh, we don't want to pursue God like that. But the Lord calls us to do that. And His consolations cheer our soul.
5: When the cares of my heart Weigh me down And when my anxious thoughts multiply And when my heart is failing Deep inside my soul I will call On the name Of the Lord your consolations chill my soul, your kindness is for evermore. my stronghold and shelter, my corner stone I will trust in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord When my mind holds my feet In the sand When I cannot seem to find A helping hand When my heart is failing Deep inside my soul I will call on the name of the Lord. Your contagious, cheer my soul. Your kindness is for evermore. My stronghold and shelter. My corner, I will trust in the name. Cause your conquered cheer my soul. Your kindness, is for evermore. My stronghold and sugar turn my cornerstone, I will trust In the name of the Lord Oh, we trust in the name Oh, the name of the Lord There's no one like you, Lord I take my stand on the solid rock When I feel depressed and heaviness I will not trust in any earthly form Instead I choose to trust Stone I will trust Oh, in the name Cause your consolations Cheer my soul Your kindness It is forevermore My stronghold and charity My core
3: Uh, Matthew Caputo everybody make sure you guys come out next Friday Um, there is a QR thank you Trey there is a QR code um, on your uh, on your bulletins if you grabbed one and uh, there's other information on there Uh, just one other quick piece of business I want to talk about Um, in the summertime um, we are going on a missions trip uh, there's a group of 10 of us right now. We're going on a missions trip to the Los Angeles Dream Center uh, to do some ministry out on the West Coast. And we will be taking um, a special offering, um, but you can just do that at the end. Andrew will be back at the table. There'll be a basket. We do have a donor who stepped up and decided that every dollar that's given. Uh, that they will match uh, dollar for dollar up to $2,000. So uh, a lot of people, you know, they want to go. Yeah, praise God. So everything that you give uh, in the in the, the offering, like I said, Andrew will be back. If you don't know, Andrew, raise your hand. Just look for this guy. He'll be standing at the back table. Uh, whatever you can give um, would be a, a blessing to us and everything that you give will be doubled and uh we're gonna send a group and i'm gonna tell you what not only are we gonna go and be a blessing to that ministry out there who's doing some incredible work uh in the inner city of los angeles but i know that everybody who comes back with us is going to be changed and they're going to be ready uh to be on mission when we come back here so uh looking really forward to that Um, So, hey, we're we're continuing in our series and we're gonna be in here sometime. Uh, We called it Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories, and it's all about the Holy Spirit. And what I feel that in this season that my mandate from God for the congregation is to give us an elevated view of who the Holy Spirit is. Um, And I think that for us Um, that, you know, our our tribe would kind of be considered like the charismatic, you know, Pentecostal. uh, You know, when we think about the Holy Spirit, like we feel like, you know, we sing about the Holy Spirit. We say, come Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But like most people that would go to a church like ours, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the first thing they would think about is speaking in tongues or they would think about prophecy or, you know, some of the other manifestation gifts of the Spirit. And and those things are all good, but those are simply gifts of the Spirit. That's not who the Holy Spirit is. You know, I, I have this iPad, you know, Taylor and Trey bought me an iPad to, to use and I use it a lot. It was a gift. They gave it to me, you know, so I have a bunch of books on here. I have uh, you know, I put my sermon notes on here. Um, you know, I can change things. It's a, bit, it's a tool. It's very helpful. I use it all the time, but it's not who they are. It's simply a gift that empowers me to do the work of the ministry. So the Holy Spirit is, is not a gift. The, the Holy Spirit didn't come just to make you bilingual. All right? That's not the only job of, of the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is God. He's just as God as the Father and just as God as the Son. And today I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to finish breaking the curse on our lives. And so I just simply entitled this message, The Curse Breaker. The Curse Breaker. So we're going to start in Galatians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, we're going to start with this to kind of set the tone for where we're at. How are we all doing today? We up, we had enough coffee, we're good. No, Serena didn't have enough coffee. But her mom said she's not allowed coffee, so you're stuck. You guys ready for the word? If you're there, say amen. All right, this should be a pretty familiar scripture for you guys. Galatians chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. If you could just bow your heads. We'll pray for the message. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, and I thank you for today. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the word that you put on my heart. Lord, I pray that you would empower me to uh, speak um, and, and teach your word. Lord, you would lead and guide us into all truth. I pray that you would give the, make the people's hearts receptive. You would give them ears to hear. Lord, none of us would leave the same, that we would know you more. So Lord, I pray that through this message that the name of Jesus is is glorified and I pray that the people of God are edified in Jesus' name, amen. So um, for those of you guys who don't know, um, I lived in uh, Germany for um, just a tad over uh, three years um, in the the late 90s and um, I did it when I was in the army. I went to... um, I joined the Army when I was 17 years old, shortly after um, I graduated high school. I went to my boot camp at beautiful Fort Benning, Georgia. Not really if you've ever been there, it's really not that beautiful, but um, I was in Fort Benning, Georgia um, for boot camp and advanced infantry training. And then after that, I got called out from my platoon that I was going to be stationed in Germany and just... A fun fact, I still don't understand it to this day, but out of everybody in my entire platoon and basic training, I was the only one who got sent overseas to Germany. Everybody else went to, you know, Fort Hood, Texas, and uh, you know, Fort Stewart in Georgia and all these other places, but you know, so to this day, I don't know if that meant because I was so bad or so good. I don't know, you know, if it was just luck of the draw, nobody explained it to me. When you're in the army, you don't really get an explanation. They just say, hey, this is where you're going. Suck it up and drive on. So, um, and anyway, so when I lived in Germany, like, you know, you, you got to think like Europe is an older place. You know, it, it's it's not like America. America's, you know, just shy of, you know, 200 years old. And, and there's a lot of historical places that you can visit um, in Germany. There's Oh, there's castles, different places. I mean, we would go for random drives and there's just like a castle up on a hill that, you know, we've never heard of. So, you know, we did a lot of traveling, saw a lot of historical sites. Um, and of course, you know, Germany was kind of the center of both, you know, World War I and World War II. And one of the probably darkest, creepiest places that you could ever visit if you go into Germany was a concentration camp. And so the one that was closest to me was a place called Dachau, and um, it was, uh, I, I went there twice because I had, uh, both my parents came and visited me at different times, and so uh, we went there uh, two different times, and I mean, it's a creepy place, I mean, it's it's not all standing, but they left enough there that you can kind of picture everything that went on and and there's a, um, you know, there's a museum that you can go through that had the different pictures and the experiments. And, you know, I can remember people were telling me, they said, you know, when you go there, man, the birds don't even sing there. <laughs> you know, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, but I'm, it's true. It's just, it's just a very, very a weird feeling to be um, at that place. Um, if we have, do we have that picture of the, the gate to the front, hopefully, um, over there? When you walk in, do we have that there? No, we don't have it there. Okay, so no big deal. If you, if you, uh, when you first walk into the gate, um, there's, a, uh, there's a, a word in German. It says it really big, and I'll probably mess it up, um, but a, a betmach frei is what it says in German. And, and translated in English, it means work will set you free. So the messaging from the Nazis to the Jews that were in the concentration camp was simply this. If you just worked hard enough, if you just worked hard enough, then, um, then they would let you go. They would let you free. If you just did the right things and you just worked hard enough, then, then they would let you free. But the problem with that is it was all based on a lie because there was no plan to really set you free. So what happened is, you know, some of these guys literally, you know, just worked themselves to death or they, you know, would just burn themselves out, you know, working, trying, you know, thinking like, okay, well, if I just work hard enough, you know, maybe I'll I'll get out of here. And, you know, there was only one way that they were going to get free. And this is where, you know, you kind of you feel proud to be an american right you know i'm proud to be an american well like this was like one of those moments like when you're there because you go in and you 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 watch this you watch this video and they 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 put on the video and the deliverer was the 101st airborne of the US army uh, and <laughs> i thought we were going to We're going to start singing together, man. Sorry, guys.
0: We forgot to dismiss the kids, so if you do have kids, you guys can go ahead to the classroom. I apologize. If the teachers are all over there waiting, like where the kids are at, we are sorry. I'm sorry.
3: The kids can be dismissed. I'll be back there, and I will walk all you guys over.
0: Sorry, sorry,
3: sorry. It's all Matt Caputo's fault. He messed up our flow, so blame it on him. So you know, you're watching, you're going through this museum and you see all this crazy stuff and then they have this old like black and white video that that you can watch and it has the Americans going and the Americans liberate this camp. And although it was probably a gruesome sight when they got there, I mean, there were people that literally got free. So they thought if they worked hard enough, they would get free. But the reality was, is the only way they were gonna get free was if they had a deliverer. And, you know, when I was thinking about all this, it kind of reminds me of religion, right? Because the only message of religion is just try harder. Just just work more, just do a little bit better. If you only put this much hours a day in prayer, if you read this Bible translation, but don't read this other Bible translation, you know, don't smoke, drink, or chew, or hang around girls who do, don't wear any makeup, don't don't have any jewelry on, just do do things our way, keep working, keep earning, and at the end of it, maybe you'll be allowed into heaven. That's the message of religion, and really, it's just a message of self-effort. The problem with self-effort is it doesn't work. Self-effort does not work to make you godly. And what happens is for a church that gets tied up in legalism and religion, which is, uh, you know, basically trying to earn your way into heaven, where it puts you at is it's going to put you in one or two places. One place is you get really good at playing church and acting perfect and acting like nothing's wrong. The other place it'll put you at is you'll just give up. You'll just give up because you know, you just realize that, you know what, I'm never going to make the standard. I'm never going to get there. I'm just going to keep working and, and I'm never going to get there. And, and listen, Christianity was never supposed to be a game of self-effort. It was never supposed to be about that. Christianity is about the infusing of a divine power called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And through that infilling of the Holy Spirit, It was to make you more like Jesus, but not by rules and regulations, but by an intimate relationship that brings us into oneness with God. That's what this is supposed to be all about. See, living by works and living by self-effort is basically what the apostle Paul calls the curse of the law, the curse of the law. So the law... Uh, was given to Moses at Mount Sinai and and basically, you know, we know it as the Ten Commandments. And the giving of of the law is celebrated by the Jewish people at Pentecost. We kind of know Pentecost as something differently, but Pentecost as it's celebrated in the Jewish faith was celebrated as the day that Moses was given the Ten Commandments. And basically the Ten Commandments were how to, to tell the people how they should live if they want to be godly, right? Don't covet, don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery, honor your parents, honor the Sabbath, don't take God's name in vain, don't have anything ahead of any other gods, right? Etc. You guys know the Ten Commandments. The problem is, is most people have already broke those commandments by the time they're like five. And then, if you go to Deuteronomy 28, it gives you a list of blessings and cursings. And, and it says that if you diligently follow the law and keep all my commandments, then guess what? You'll be blessed. You'll be set high above the nations. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. You'll be blessed when you go in. You'll be blessed when you go out, right? All these things that we say in services that faith people like to say to, to make people shout and start running around the, the aisles and start jumping over pews and getting excited, right? All the, uh, but the problem is that if you read those, that the blessings that will come upon you were if you keep all the commands. And, and if you didn't keep all the commands. See, it wasn't just automatic that, that they were going to be blessed. If they diligently listened to the voice of the Lord and kept all his commands, then they would be blessed. But if they didn't, then there was a whole nother list that they fell under. And it was curses. And if you read Deuteronomy 28, the cursings are double the blessings. So you wouldn't be blessed. You you would be cursed in the city, you'd be cursed in the country, cursed when you go in, cursed when you go out. You would be in confusion, you would be defeated by your enemies, your kids would be cursed, you wouldn't ever have any money, all that, right? So you can kind of see the dilemma that you have. There's a standard that's set, right? That's perfection. And the only thing you have is, is self-effort, but you have to reach that standard to be able to get the blessing, but they couldn't do it. So guess what? They were under a curse. And that's where we read about the curse of the law. So because they had nothing more than, than self-effort to try to get them to achieve a godly standard, what the law did is it pointed them to a need for a savior. The law in itself, it didn't have an ability to save, but it showed the holiness of God, it showed what was sin, and it showed that they were hopelessly lost unless they had a savior. So Jesus comes and he's the only one who can keep all the requirements of the law by living a sinless life and then offering that sinless life as a sacrifice for your and my sins. So let's go back and let's let's read it one more time, that Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham, that's the blessings that we talked about, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. So Jesus breaks the curse by his sacrifice. However, we do not fully come into possession of the blessings and break the curse without the work of the Holy Spirit. Because if if you read this passage, what basically happens is there's two schools of thought. And, And faith people will say, see, you know, that the blessings of Abraham, you're gonna be blessed all these things because of what Jesus did. And then you have a whole nother camp that says, well, no, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean that, that it's uh, just uh, physical blessings. It means the, the Holy Spirit. And so what's the answer? Is it these physical blessings or is it the Holy Spirit? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. It's both. It's not either or. It's both. And to, to understand where I'm coming from, One more time, I want to go back to the scripture that we looked at just last week, but we're going to look at it from a different translation. We're going to look at it from the Passion Translation. So we're going to be in John 15 to 17. And when I first heard this, this kind of messed me up, but then it kind of shaded in some lines to me and actually made me understand better where we're coming from. So uh, John 14... Uh, 15 through 17, I'm going to walk down and grab my bottle of water. Do we have that script? Yeah, we got it up there. So this is the same passage of scripture that we read last week, but it's a little different translation. Verse 15 Loving me empowers you to obey my command. So again, it just so everybody's on the same sheet of music. This is from the Upper Room Discourse. This is very shortly before Jesus would be crucified. He takes his disciples to the Upper Room, celebrates Passover with them, and he begins a teaching about a lot of different stuff. But one of the main things he's going to introduce them is the Holy Spirit, But I don't want to just gloss over this first verse because he said, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So how will you be empowered to keep the commands? By your own works, by your self-effort? No, by, by, by loving Jesus, being in a relationship with him. Not by just trying harder. That's not how you obey his commands. When you are in a relationship, see, Jesus didn't come to build a religion he came to end all religion this is not about religion this is about a relationship and when we get into a relationship with God and we're born into the family and we nurture that relationship and go to a deeper level then we come into a place called oneness you know when we anytime somebody gets married you know we, we a lot of times we read the scripture that says that um, that uh, a husband shall leave his uh, mother and father and be joined with his wife and the two become one flesh. And we get that from, you know, we get that from Moses said it, Jesus said it, and Paul said it. So it's a pretty strong word, right? All, all three said it, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when we see that as, um, we see that during a wedding and we say, you know, th- there's, this is more than just a contract. Like these two are actually becoming one they're becoming one flesh and and then the Bible says that that there's a mystery in the marriage that represents Christ and the church so actually by being in relationship and loving Jesus then we achieve oneness and when you achieve oneness then guess what you start to think alike talk alike right did you ever be around those couples that just have been married forever and they just like they even start looking like brother and sister They start looking the exact same. They talk the exact same. You don't see one without the other. Uh, Like, you know, like Steve and Darlene. I mean, it's like when you talk about, you don't talk about Steve or Darlene. You talk, Steve and Darlene. Where's Steve and Darlene at? You really don't say, well, where's Steve at or where's Darlene at? Where's Steve? i seen Steve. I was talking to Steve and Darlene. There's a oneness there. And that's where we should be a oneness in that relationship because guess what? When you're in that relationship, then all of a sudden that's where that change starts happening. And we start to look like the one who came and saved us. Amen? All right, now we're going to get into the meat of this. And I'm going to challenge a little bit of you guys. Verse 16 and 17, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior. We'll come back to it the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside you. That same word, Savior, is the word that we talked about last week that in a New King James Version is translated Helper. And I told you guys that it's been translated a bunch of other stuff. It's been translated intercessor. It's been translated advocate. It's been translated comforter. Because in an essence, it talks about one who comes alongside. But in the Passion Translation, he says another Savior. Which almost when you hear it could almost sound heretical because, right, there's only one Savior. So why does he translate it Savior? Savior. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the notes of of why he translated it like that. And I'm going to have to read them off my phone here. And I think there's a lot of insight that we can get here. So I'm going to read these directly from the notes in the translation. The Greek word used here is parakletos, a technical word that could be translated defense attorney. It means one called to stand next to you as a helper. Various translators have rendered this counselor, comforter, advocate, encourager, intercessor, or helper. However, none of these words alone are adequate and fall short in explaining the full meaning. This translation has chosen the word savior, for it depicts the role of the Holy Spirit to protect, defend, and save us from ourselves and our enemies. And keep us whole and healed. He is the one who guides and defends, comforts and consoles. Keep in mind that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, our Savior. The Aramaic word is Paracleta, which is taken from two root words, Prak, which means to end, finish, or save, and Lida, which means the curse. What a beautiful picture. The Holy Spirit comes to end the work of the curse in our lives and to save us from every effect. So in a sense, paracleta means a redeemer who ends the curse. That ends the curse. Now, we can say, well, you know, still though, it's hard to wrap our mind around that it says another Savior because wasn't Jesus the Savior by himself? But to do that is to take the mind state and we've got to get out of the place where we are separating the work of Jesus from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was part of Jesus' work the entire time. From the time that he was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit came on him and then he began his ministry till the time where he shouted out, it is finished, and then he gave up the ghost. So the Holy Spirit was with him the entire time. And in the Bible, it talks about that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And in another scripture, it says that God the Father raised him from the dead. And in another part, Jesus said, I lay my life down, yet I take it up again. See, this is the Trinity of God. And for too long, we've kind of said, well, the Holy Spirit's kind of like the third place. But the Holy Spirit is equally God as all members of the Trinity. And it's one God who is, who is in the form of three persons, but is in a perfect unity, which we kind of call the circle dance. Are you guys with me today? So if Jesus, going back to Galatians, if Jesus breaks the curse, then in what way is the Holy Spirit also a curse breaker? Well, keep in mind that the last words of Jesus, some of the last words of Jesus were for them to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, was poured out upon them. Not to just run out and, and get busy. I mean, at this point, they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. They knew the tomb was empty. Jesus rose from the dead just like, they, just like he said he would. So they had good news to tell. But Jesus said, you're not going to go out. and You're not going to go anywhere. You are to wait in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. Christ's atoning death paved the way for those who believed in him to enter into heaven. But the goal wasn't just to get you into heaven. The goal was to establish the kingdom of God here on earth through his church, And that was going to take men and women who were were infused with divine power of the Holy Spirit to go out in a fallen world, and it was going to be a war against powers and principalities, but they were supposed to begin their ministry in the same way Jesus started his ministry by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why don't we go ahead and look at it, uh, Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 1. And just because we're on the Passion Translation, I'm going to read out of that. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. So remember that Pentecost was celebrated by the Jews was all about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments given to Moses was what the Feast of Pentecost was all about. So Jesus breaks the curse by his atoning death, but the curse is actually reversed when the Holy Spirit is poured out and the Holy Spirit becomes the blessing that is poured out on his church. Verse 2, suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. It was a, a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now before this, prior to this, before Jesus ascended in John 20, 22, he he just breathed on the Holy Spirit. He breathed the Holy Spirit on his disciples. That was life. He breathed on them. He gave them life. They were born again at that point. But this was about power. This was about to have the power to go out and do the works that Jesus did here on the earth. Let's read verse 3. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages that they have never learned. So Jesus ended the curse for us, but... We still face the effects of the curse. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to finish the curse. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to end the effects of the curse in our lives. And what were the curse? It was poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Jesus paid for all of those on the cross. The Holy Spirit comes in us. We're born again, so we become spiritually alive. By his stripes, we are healed, right? And he gives us the power to get wealth. All those things are taken care of by the cross of Christ, but it's given to us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the curse of religion and inadequacy that we still struggle with. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just not good enough. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You know, that's not, that's, that's not what the Bible teaches. If you've given your life to Jesus, you're not just a sinner saved by grace, you're a new creation in Christ. The Bible calls you a sinner before you're saved. But after you're saved, the Bible has a name for you and it calls you a saint. You've been freed from the curse of the law. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from the curse. That's where it's at. So I don't have to sit here and struggle and say, you know what, if I just work hard enough, if I just pray uh, more hours, if if, if I just don't smoke anymore, if I just don't do this and I just don't do that, then God will love me. No, I am loved already because of what Jesus did for me. And the Holy Spirit reminds me, it's tied in with my spirit, and the Holy Spirit says, you're a son. You're a son. You're beloved. It says that he teaches, leads, and guides you into all truth. That there's no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ who walk by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit frees you, it frees our mind from the curse and the curse of the law and religion that just keeps saying, you know what, I'm just just not good enough, I don't know if God really loves me. No, the Holy Spirit frees you from that curse and is freeing you from that curse day by day. And the more that you submit your life to the Spirit of the Lord, then things will begin to change. And he also empowers you with authority over every work of the enemy through the power of the Holy Spirit to take ground for the kingdom. Well, you know, it's just, you know, the devil's come really coming after me, and the devil's coming after my family, and the devil's coming after my community. Well, the Bible says the devil is under our feet, amen? And so you need to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit with the authority that has been given to you. And it says that one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is take what is Jesus' and gives it to you. And what has Jesus been given? All authority in heaven and on earth. That's why the Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ because he's given us his authority to trample on snakes, scorpions, and over all powers of the enemy. This is not the hour of the devil. This is the hour of the church. Amen. Amen. And the part of the curse that also needs to be taken care of is the curse that's on the world today. There's a curse that still is on the world. And the Bible says that all of creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. That all of creation is literally crying out for that day when the people of God finally submit their lives and surrender. To, to the Holy Spirit and say, wherever you want to go, wherever you want to send me, whatever you want me to do. You want me to quit my job, I'll quit my job. You want me to go to a foreign country, I'll go to a foreign country. You want me to go in the ghetto of the worst city and preach the world, uh, preach the word, that's what I'll do. He's waiting for a people who are so surrendered to the power of the Holy Spirit that they achieve a oneness, that they're braided in union with the almighty God and all of creation shouting like, they're getting it, they're getting it, they're getting it. And that's what this thing has been all about. And that's the day and time that we are living in if we will fully surrender our lives to that. Because basically the curse isn't finished until you and I begin to operate like Jesus does, did when he was on the earth. That's the model. And until you reach that, there's still an effect of the curse that is operating on your life. But the Bible says that as he is, so are we in the world. And so now, as we surrender our lives to Jesus, now we can say that, you know what, that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We will be lenders and not be borrowers. We will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. We will be blessed going in and going out. And our enemy who rises against us will be defeated and we will live in a perpetual state of increase in the name of Jesus. And the church of Jesus Christ will be set high above every nation. We won't be dependent on the government to fix things or gives us a handout. The government will come to the church and be like, tell us how to fix this. That is the place that we are going to as a church, amen? That is, that is where I want to go. That's where we're called to go. And that is where the church is going, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Worship team, if you want to make your way up to the front. If we could just take a moment and let's just, let's just close our eyes. and I want you to just take some time like we've been doing just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in this moment. Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? not rush this moment. Let's make room. Let's make room. Spirit speaking. Question is, are we listening? There's a lot of voices we can listen to. We can listen to the news. We can listen to the political people. Can listen to the people on YouTube and Facebook. We can listen to the voice of the Spirit. That He still speaks to us today. That He's leading and guiding us into all truth. beloved show us who we truly are Lord help us to walk in your truth not what the world says we are not what people spoke over our lives but help us to walk in who you say we are no holding back no holding back know if there's anybody in here i just i feel that there's somebody in here that you have like there's something wrong with one of your knees might even be swollen right now you have knee pain and there's a and and you're being healed right now in jesus name being healed right now in jesus name there's a real presence here to heal right now I'm going to call some things out. But but if you're here and you're in need of healing, I just want you to receive it. I just want you to receive it. There's God calling right there. He's saying you're healed. He's saying you're healed. Somebody has a, there's something wrong with their lungs. There's something wrong with their lungs. Uh, You've been given a. The doctor said that there's something wrong with your, your lungs and it, it's not reversible. Well, guess what? It's being reversed right now. You're being healed. I almost have a sense that, um, you know, there, there's somebody that you, it's like you have an infection in your ears or in, in an ear or whatever. But the Lord is healing that right now. Your ears totally healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to do, do a final worship song. And, um, you know, it, it, these altars are open if you need prayer for, uh, for really for any reason. Uh, you can make your way up to the front during this time. But uh, we're just going to go ahead and we're just going to soak for a little bit in, in the presence of God. And um, as we begin to uh, minister to people at the altar... You're welcome to stay. Uh, if you have to leave, uh, I understand, but I, I don't want to rush the the time of ministry that we have up front. Um, just to say, okay, it's time for us to go. So, if you got to go, I love you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Um, but if you want to stay, uh, if you need prayer for any reason, we're just going to take just we're going to take just a few minutes. And we're going to really get into the presence of God, and we're going to let him do what he does. King Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank King you, Jesus. Jesus.
0: Your words. We got to give it all to you, Lord. We got to give it all. We can't hold it in. We got to give it up to the Lord. If we want revival, if we want a new life, if we want a new beginning. If we want restored, we gotta give it up, we
1: gotta give it up. Let us not hold nothing. Let us not hold nothing. He he wants to use us. He wants to show us. Oh! Uh.
6: control issue. And I really, really, really hate when I can't do anything about something or I can't have the desired outcome that my mind is set on. And it's so difficult to have to completely take away that control and give it up and truly surrender everything what's gonna happen and not know what the ending is gonna look like and have absolutely no clue of what I'm going to do and that's so difficult and it has to be the biggest struggle and I will always struggle with it but like we heard today that we really have to give it up every day it has to be a decision that every day that we decide to give it up because it's not gonna be oh I'm giving it up now I'm surrendering it and then tomorrow oh I'm taking control no it's every day it's every day you have to wake up in the morning you have to say God thank you for waking me up I surrender this day to you all these things that I don't know what the outcome is all these painful things that I don't know how we're going to go away going to give it to you and I'm going to surrender to you and I'm going to wait on you no matter how hard it is because when other people see you waiting and surrendering that's that in itself is a testimony to everybody around you and you can set an example no matter how difficult it is for you Rewards those who are faithful. He will reward those who are faithful, those who stood the test. He will reward. And one day, when you get to heaven and He tells you why, you're going to be so thankful that you waited and that you surrendered because He saw things that you didn't and He heard things that you didn't. And you're going to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving me the grace to surrender. Thank you for giving me the grace
7: to wait on you. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way.
1: I'm gonna wait on I'll give him thanks, I'll give him thanks, Lord. I'll give him thanks, I'll give him thanks. He's now worried. He's now worried.